Welcome to episode 86 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is ready to anoint Zach Wilson as the next Joe Namath, John Scott Sloat. We can pump the brakes on that. I, I don't know that I'm ready to anoint him, you know. Um, there, there's a lot of baggage that comes with Joe Namath, you know, to, to anoint him, you know, could thread a needle from 40 yards as, uh, as the okay. old saying goes. Yeah. Uh, but there's also some, uh, some alcoholism there as well. We probably don't want to anoint Zach Wilson with. Well, I mean, the fact that Zach comes from a Mormon school would suggest perhaps what you might suggest. Perhaps. Perhaps that he's um, not going to be as prone to some of those off the field Issues. Although he first committed to like Utah, I think, and then decommitted and then recommitted. And in any case, what's going on with you, John? Oh my goodness, um, it's a busy day on campus. Students, uh, first year students are here. I think returning students move in tomorrow. For all purposes, though, I think most people are back on campus, and so yeah, the 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 halls are buzzing again. There, there's people here. Had great conversations with students this morning. Um, yeah, looking forward to the year. Hope hope springs eternal That's the start right. of a year That's before right. classes begin. <laughs> yeah, before the first assignment is given and even students see their syllabi and go, oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've talked to so many students this morning that are just like, oh, my goodness, this was the absolute best place for me. And I'm like, good. Yeah. You haven't gotten an assignment yet. Right. You know. <laughs> I hope you still feel that way two weeks in. Yes. You've gotten the syllabi. Yes. So, but yeah, I think um, – Welcome weekend, which we just are getting through, is uh, I, I've been on, on both the sort of staff side and, that, and even on the parent side. And um, our, our institution does a fabulous job on, on Welcome Weekend. I think weekend. so. I yeah. think uh, I had multiple conversations with parents yesterday uh, who just felt blown away with the level of organization as well as how, mm-hmm. they, how well they felt cared for and so – Hopefully, hopefully that bodes well. Um, and tomorrow, tomorrow's a big day on campus here. John. Yeah, tomorrow, Tell us what's going on tomorrow. Tomorrow we have uh, the hike um, on campus, which is which is we've done for the last sixteen years. Wow, uh, which is a long time. It feels like. Uh, and so basically, students will gather together tomorrow morning, first year students, and broken up into teams and and they will do a scavenger hunt around campus and then they'll earn cash for that scavenger hunt and then they'll have to build a cardboard boat and race it on Winona Lake. Yeah. Um, which inevitably sinks. Ninety percent of them sink. <laughs> so Yes indeed. Yes indeed. So well if you'd like to connect with the podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at V and S Pod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Various and Sundry Podcast. And we are also on YouTube, Various and Sundry Podcast. And we will once again just sort of throw it out there. We've not had a review left for us on the uh, Apple Podcast app since, since June. Yeah, June. So there's that piece of factual information. Mm-hmm. Do with that as you as you will. So um, – well, I think it makes sense since we just talked about how you can interact with us that we begin our sports segment by responding to a yeah. tweet that was sent our way by uh, by Lee in Indiana. Now, I have not heard 
uh, this, but um, but you 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 received a a tweet from him. Is that correct? Yes, he he tweeted at the pod and included me, my own personal okay. Twitter in their handle as well. And so uh, I did not respond to it yet. Uh, this is your th- public this is, response. This is my public response. Wow. So here here is the tweet. Uh, at VNS Pod, I think we may have your sports topic for next episode. How conflicted is at Doc Harmon when an Indiana basketball school uh, – he's referring to Warsaw High School, the local high school here. OK. So right around the corner. Yep. yep. And his alma mater. OK. Uh, dominates a ranked Ohio football power. That would be Dublin Kaufman uh, High School in the Columbus area. OK. Um, they played over the weekend here at uh, here at Warsaw and um, Warsaw won pretty convincingly. Um, is Indiana a football state now? Should the triple option be more widely used? So oh, three questions in one tweet. Oh gosh! So here is my oh, gosh. Here, here's my quick okay. answer to each question. Um, I am not conflicted at all. Okay. Indiana is not a football state. Okay. And of course the triple option should be used more often in high school level football because it's an opportunity to for lesser talented teams mm-hmm. to gain a strategic advantage over potentially more talented teams because they've not seen the scheme before. I'll tell you what I struggle with with that tweet. <laughs> okay. I struggle with suggestions for sports topics that are so niche. Okay. That yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure our listeners in Minnesota are just loving this uh, yeah. this discussion. You know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, look, <laughs> th- this is th- this is the danger that you get into when you invite listeners to participate via social media. That you might get a sure. niche. You might get a niche uh, kind of a, a niche thing. question. Sure. So, yeah. But but case. but um, you know. I can throw some – there's some snark in that tweet as well. Oh, absolutely. So I can throw some snark back, I think. I wouldn't dream of stopping Okay. You. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have my own microphone. I can – Yeah. I, I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I mean you are the other guy on the podcast, Yes, the right? other voice. Yes. <laughs> as we learned at church. <laughs> yes. We have to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. So we're standing out in the lobby of uh, <laughs> our, our lovely local church. When was this? A couple weeks ago? It wasn't. So we're recording on a Monday. So it wasn't yesterday. It was the week, the Sunday before. Okay. So a week ago, basically. And we're we're standing there, and this uh, young lad um, com- yeah. comes up to us. He's like a sixth grader, I think. And uh, you know, you and I are talking. He goes, "Boy, you you sound like the other voice on Doctor Harmon's podcast." <laughs> yes. <laughs> to which I said. He is the other yes. guy. Yes. And so we uh, we had a little fun with that. Um, he because he listens. He listens to the podcast. He does. He does. And uh, clearly enjoys it. But he hadn't made the connection. No, he didn't. He didn't make the connection <laughs> that I serve him coffee every week at church. Right. And and, he, and you're the other guy. And the I'm the other guy. Yeah. 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 That's that was that that gave me quite a a chuckle. So, in any case, shout out to Jonah. Um. Well, let's talk uh, what's going on in the world of sports more broadly. Are your Mets still struggling? Uh, yeah. It's, okay. it's not good. Is it over? Are they done for? Um, I mean, 
there's better than a mathematical chance, I'd say. You know, you know when, when people are like, well, mathematically, they're still in it, but they're not really in it. Okay. It's better than that. Like, there's still a month and some change left in the season. Okay. So, you know, I think we're seven games back, and we're getting people off the injured list. Our schedule's easing up a little bit. So uh, it's possible, but it's, I think, most likely done. Yeah. Okay. Most likely done. Gotcha. And what about your beloved J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? Uh, Zach Wilson had a good game. Uh, so now it was against the Packers' second. They didn't, they didn't play their starters. They, right. So it was against their second string. So take that for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, 9 for 11. Okay. I mean, two touchdowns. Looked competent, which, yeah. which is a rarity under center for the Jets. So Yeah, isn't it? And isn't there – I caught a little bit of that game, the Packers game. and um, Yeah, the Jets game, yeah. I, I was referencing which Jets game it was. <laughs> I'm not a Packers fan, although I know we have some listeners who are. Um, the uh, isn't there a, a young receiver they have as well that's kind of flashing a bit in the preseason, like eighty number eighty four, maybe I thought uh, Elijah Moore. Is that is that what you're thinking uh, of? I'm not sure. Or Corey Davis. That's another one. Could be Corey Davis and Zach Wilson seem to have a bit of a connection. Okay. And then Elijah Moore, I believe, has been uh, hampered with a hamstring. So, right. but we're excited for Elijah. So we'll we'll see what happens. But anyway, good deal. Um, what's Justin Fields doing? So he played his second uh, preseason game as well. Um, didn't didn't have the same kind of numbers he had the first time around. Um, I still think he's he's the Bears' best choice. Like Andy Dalton is not going to do anything for them. And I mean, at a minimum, Justin Fields' legs. Mm-hmm buy you multiple first downs a game when everything breaks down in the pocket and he can scramble for seven yards on third and six or even scramble for 15 yards on third and 11. That's just a dynamic that obviously the red rifle is not going to get red rifle. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But he took a massive hit. Did you see this? Mm, See how I this? No, no, no. He, there was a, there was a blitz that he did not see coming and he was looking to his left and a, a linebacker had a free run at him, full speed, hit him high enough that they flagged him for unnecessary roughness because he got kind of up under the chin a little bit. But, I mean, it it, it looks scary. But he popped mm. right back up. Okay. So that's good. Um, I am pretty excited about Buckeye football starting up here. We're a little less than two weeks away. Okay. Actually, when this drops episode drops on Tuesday, we'll be a week and two days away from their season opener against – the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Man. And so Ohio State's named their – officially named their starting quarterback, C.J. Stroud. And uh, that was no surprise. But I'm getting more and more excited about watching our freshman running back, Hmm. Travion Henderson, who was the number one rated uh, running back in the country in his recruiting class. True freshman coming in. And um, there are all these sort of, you know, whispers coming out of camp that – He's the real deal. Okay. So he could he could pop early in the season here in terms of just coming in and blowing up and, and kind of taking the, the starting job. Okay. Good for him. Name, name image, and likeness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, and college football starts up soon. So uh, just in general. So I, I, I love college football Saturday they, afternoon. Do they start this Saturday or is it next Saturday? I think if I remember right – 
this upcoming Saturday is what they call like week zero because there's like a handful of games. Okay. But really it's the weekend after that's okay. really considered week one. I can't remember. Okay. So it's like an appetizer a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. One of the more interesting early season games is Clemson playing Georgia. Oh. I mean that's that's a big cross-conference yeah. uh, game. So we'll see how that all shakes out. But um, – Anything else going on in the world of sports that you feel like we need to touch on here? I don't think so. I'm trying to think if anything's happening. The Olympics okay. are over. We talked about that. Yeah. MLB playoffs are a month away still. Football's – well, college football is about a week and a half away. Yep. NFL probably two weeks away, usually a week behind college I think. September 9th I think is the first NFL game. It's a Thursday night game. OK. OK. Yeah, so it's all coming. Yep. Before we know it. We'll be able to talk football regularly. But in the meantime, our main topic for today, kind of piggybacking off of last week's conversation about live streaming, mm-hmm. is uh, we're going to step back a little bit bigger picture and talk about the whole area of technology. And um, even just thinking through how should we as Christians think about technology? How should we use technology? Benefits, dangers, reflections, short homilies, whatever we might <laughs> decide to talk about. So it's a it's a pretty wide-ranging topic. So we'll see where our conversation goes. But um, let's – I'll start with a question uh, for you, John. Do you tend to be an early adopter on new technology, uh, a late adopter, sort of a middle of the road? Where, where do you tend to fit in on the new tech comes out? And when you when you look to adopt it, oh my goodness! Um, if I could afford it, I would be an early adopter because okay. technology tends to be, particularly for early adopters, very expensive. Yes, like in a way, we could look at the the Jeff Bezos of the world and say, oh, he's an early adopter on private space travel. <laughs> you know, you know, a very early adopter. Uh, yeah. Um, and you know, we we need those guys if if this is going to become part of normal life to to go to space. Um, we need those guys to spend billions to do it in order to make it more affordable for us. Would you do it, by the way? I don't think I would. Okay. I like my feet on the ground. I don't like heights <laughs> uh, generally. But uh, you have no problem flying commercial airlines or anything. Mm, no, no. I get a little skittish on takeoff and landing. Uh, okay. I, I figure everything else from there is automated. But <laughs> takeoff and landing seem to be the human parts of it. And those things those things yeah. uh, cause me slight anxieties. Yeah. Um, but uh, – yeah, I, I would consider myself probably wanting to be an early adopter if I could afford it. If I can af- find a way to be to to afford early adoption, I'm all about it. Okay. So, yeah, how about okay. yourself? Are you an early adopter? Um, I think I'm probably. Uh, I mean, f- financial considerations obviously come into play. Sure, but I tend to be probably on the. On the later end of early adopters mm-hmm. or on the early end of the sort of whatever the middle range is where it becomes a little bit more mainstream. Kind of depends on the nature of the technology and um, and cost. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm not the one who feels like I have to have – even if I had the resources to do it, I wouldn't be the guy who was like, I got to get the latest iPhone every year. Yeah. I'm fine with mine lasting a few years and then upgrading. Yeah. That's fine with me. Same. You know, I've got an Apple Watch, but it's like a Series 3. That's like 
three years old now, maybe. Okay. You know, so it it does what I want it to do. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I don't need a new one necessarily. So I'm not on that kind of uh, kind of path, but um, partly for financial reasons, I, I imagine it is. But yeah. I'm, I'm also I, I think even if I had the financial resources mm-hmm. on those kinds of things, I I don't think I would be. I think you'd have to show me why it's worth it. You know, like especially when we're think, thinking of iPhones, for example. Like, okay, so the camera's a little nicer. That's not that big a deal to me. No. That's, that's not a game changer for Mm-mm. me. Um, maybe the difference, though, between 4G and 5G might be depending yeah. on where I live and that kind of thing. So some of those things where I'm like, okay, that's enough of a, a move forward that I'm I'm okay with spending money versus eh, it's fine. So quite on, on tech broadly technology, we all know it when we see it, right? Mm-hmm. Could you put a definition to it? Like like what is yeah. technology? Yeah, it is strange when you think about how pervasive the use of that term is, but how challenging it is to define it well. Mm-hmm. And um, I found this definition by John Dyer in his book, From the Garden to the City, uh, The Redeeming and uh, Corrupting Power of Technology. Fabulous book. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. Uh, He defines technology as the human activity of using tools to transform God's creation for practical purposes, which as definitions go is incredibly succinct. And actually pretty understandable. I, I actually really like that definition. Um, it's it's broader than what I usually think technology Correct. is. Because that would include the ballpoint pen. Sure. Which I don't usually think of as technology. Right. Usually technology I'm thinking is something like an iPhone, something that has a battery or is powered by electricity in some, right. in some form or fashion. Yeah. I mean in that sense, you know, understood that way. Almost any development of a tool becomes technology, right? So even a book, yeah, that's technology. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not new tech to us. That's like old, old school technology, sure. right? But I mean, think about when the printing press was created. Yeah. Suddenly, the availability and production of books just explodes. So, um, you know, even the you know, if you go back all the way into scripture, some of the earliest descriptions of the use of tools for construction and things, you're like, that's technology understood this broadly. Yeah. And I think that's a good helpful uh, a good helpful definition because there can be this tendency – and I, I forget. I, I, it's probably in the Dyer book. But there's some sort of dividing line where uh, you know, whatever technology exists when you are born – just becomes part of normal life. Sure. It's just it's just normal. So it doesn't really feel like technology to you. It's the things that come out as you're getting older, maybe into your teens and in your 20s that feel like, "Whoa, wow, this is technology. This new thing can do something that um, used to take this long and now it doesn't take that long kind of thing. Yeah, this new tool that transforms our practice and right. we use to practical purposes. Yes. Yeah. So I think um, it's it's a good, helpful, broad description of that. And it also takes it out of our – sometimes I think conversations about technology can be so focused on things like your phone. Mm-hmm. OK. Well, yeah, that's an obvious piece of technology. But thinking more holistically, a discussion of how we think about technology – 
goes way beyond just should I have a smartphone? How should I use it mm-hmm. if I do kind of yeah. thing? And um, it also, I think, puts it in the larger context of this is a human – this is an issue that human beings have had to deal with for the entirety of our existence, mm-hmm. not just something that we in the last 50 years have had to figure out because of the seeming explosion of technology. Yeah, and, and both and, – and I think you're getting at this – both the good sides of that technology you know, you think of the shovel was pretty revolutionary in its day. I imagine I wasn't there, but you know, you know, pretty pretty amazing for farmers and cultivators to to have a, a spade. You know, to have a shovel, um, but also the kind of kind of the shadow side of that technology. Well, well, I can use a shovel for a weapon as well, or for yep. for, for a number of other things. Yep. So. so I think. Um, one of the helpful things that uh, the Dyer book does is points us back to um, as, a, as a good starting point for thinking about technology is the creation mandate mm-hmm. in Genesis 1 of God making humanity in his image to exercise dominion over creation. And when you think about the creation of technology, that uh, that should be an, in an ideal world. Technology is a good thing, a purely good thing to enable human beings to better fulfill God's design for us. Sure. Rearranging the created order in ways that that benefit. Yeah. And it's also an expression of image bearing in that we are creators, small c, not capital C. I mean we don't create out of nothing. We use what God has already created to create new things. Um, and I think that put it in that into that context that that gives us a a good foundation perhaps for us to think about good elements of technology and dangers of technology. Mm-hmm. So let's start with some of the the benefits of technology. Some of these I think should be pretty self evident to some degree. But um, what comes to mind when you think of how does technology? How is technology a good gift from God? What are some specific ways that tech, that 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 we see God's kindness to human humanity in technology? Um, well, uh, I, I assume you're talking very very broadly, mm-hmm. not in like a specific century or something. Yeah. But um, man, it just makes life a lot easier. You know, you know, it enables us to produce more food to. Uh, to, to live more comfortably, to live longer, to have better mortality rates, th- those sorts of things are naturally what I think of. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, the the efficiency even of uh, of technology that allows tasks to be completed at a much quicker rate, which frees up time for other things. Absolutely, yeah. Now, how you use that is a whole other conversation. But you know, you think about um, a, a, a relatively modern example. Think about a washing machine. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to hand wash clothes, we have modern day washing machines, and it takes forty minutes for it to wash the clothes, and then another, you know, forty five minutes for them to dry. That's it; they're done. Instead of being an entire afternoon of hand yeah. washing and 
hanging them outside and waiting for them to dry, hoping it doesn't rain. Yeah, forgetting about them, leaving that out overnight. They're frozen solid or an animal gets them. Anyway. Did you have a clothesline growing up, by the way? Yes, yes. My parents did when we were living in New York. So I have vague memories. Vague memories of it. Yeah. Um, uh, This reminds me of our human progress episode Mm -hmm. uh, where we were looking at that that website. I believe it's humanprogress.org maybe uh, where it was like – how many working hours does it take to get um, an hour of electricity mm-hmm. or an hour of reading light is what they said. Yeah. And when you look at it in like the 17 and 1800s, you had to like go hunt a whale, <laughs> harvest the blubber <laughs> and form this candle in order to – and it took X number of man hours to, to create an hour of reading light mm-hmm. um, and how that has continued to become cheaper and cheaper and yeah. cheaper over time down to uh, like like – you know, like a few minutes of work to, yeah, to, that, to, to get an yeah. hour of reading light. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll add on to that from a more, a more particular, even just spiritual angle. Um, technology can make the progress of the gospel much Absolutely. easier. Yeah. You know, even, even in the first century, one of the advantages that the early Christians used was the pre-existing Roman road system. The Romans were master road builders. And so by the time uh, the early church was beginning to spread the gospel, believers were able to use these nice, well-constructed Roman roads to get the gospel much further, much faster than would have been possible even, say, 100 to 150 years before that. Yeah, and even even uh, Rome also got the waterways yep. mostly safe. You know, there, there weren't the pirates um, at yeah. that time as well. And then obviously, I mean, today you can think of it, uh, you know, that, that sort of issue on steroids, right? I mean, there, Absolutely. Yeah. there are places that it's almost impossible to get missionaries physically there. But these places have internet access, mm-hmm. and so all sorts of resources can be made available to them that don't require a missionary to physically be present. Now, obviously, we would want to probably say in an ideal world, the physical presence of a missionary in that sure. context is going to be better and preferable in in some respects at least. But you know, think about even – well, how would they get there? They'd probably fly. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot less time than – crossing the ocean in a boat, for example, or, you know, like some of these things that we take for granted. Yeah. And some of that traveling technology, even in just the spread of the gospel, um, there's a uh, missionary I like to talk about who went to the island of Taiwan, went there by by boat um, and was on the island his entire life, married a local woman, had children there. Uh, he was from Canada, uh, came back to Canada once, mm-hmm. one other time in his life. Wow. Uh, and then returned. Uh, today, this has become a lot Easier. I mean, we, we have missionaries in tribes uh, who we see every four years. You know, they're, yeah. they're coming home. It feels like a normal rhythm that they're, they're oh, oh, uh, our, our missionaries are back, you know. Absolutely. So there are certainly some good, strong, positive um, aspects to technology. Now, there are obviously some some downsides to technology as well. What are some things that come to mind as you think about dangers or downsides? Of oh my goodness. Tech? Um, we can, in, instead of it being a useful tool uh, to increase uh, human flourishing, how, however you want to phrase that, um, it can become something important in and of itself, or it can become a thing in and of itself. I think of 
uh, our smartphones being a part of that, right? Where where we're we're almost living through this uh, handheld device rather than through the world around us. Yeah, I also think that there is a there's a segment of our population that believes that at some level technology is our savior that eventually all of our problems will be solved yeah. through advances in technology yeah like a like a very humanist sort exactly. of uh, sort of thing yeah exactly that if we just create good enough technology we can solve Basically, any kind of problem yeah. that we face. Solve the riddle of – solve death. Solve, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Rescue us from death um, and disease. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Even just making our experience of everyday life better. I mean think about um, – and this is where the, the marriage of technology and even marketing comes into play. You've probably seen commercials like this where they will uh, a commercial will create will create a need mm-hmm. that you didn't even necessarily know you had. Yeah, and then offer whatever product they're selling to meet the need that you didn't even know you had before the ad that they've created with the ad. Exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah, and so we become so accustomed to this that uh, I think we're a little we're a little. Um, blind to it at times. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you also think of for every good use of technology, spread of the gospel, etc., all sorts of awful content now becomes immediately accessible yeah. through the internet, for example. So oh, absolutely. You know, it's it, it's all sorts of uh, all sorts of dark web stuff that is just unspeakably evil. Mm-hmm. I, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think – I can't remember if I've said this on pod. I've definitely said this to you before. Uh, the internet's brought a lot of really excellent things to us. Um, it's also brought more information. I, I can't remember the exact statistic, but it's brought more information uh, in the last uh, 10 years than we had in the previous 100 years uh, of, available to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's to the point where you know you get uh, every opinion from every side and some some are – Pretty bad faith at times, and it's hard. Yeah. To, it's hard to know what exactly is the truth, or you know. So yeah. that's a, that's a that's definitely a shadow side of technology. Absolutely, and I think one one aspect of technology that is often underappreciated, and the the Dyer book does a, a good job of bringing this out, is I think a lot of people tend to have a sort of either um, general bent towards technology is good, mm-hmm. or even Technology is neutral, and some are, you know, the the sort of the the, the neo luddites. You familiar with the, the original luddites? No, no, no. Well, I've heard, heard that language. Yeah. yeah. So the luddites were this anti uh, sort of progress group at the end of the nineteenth century that were they were reacting to the mechanization of factories and that sort of stuff because it was putting people out of work, and so they were sort of trying to separate from society and and calling attention to the downsides of technology. So anyone who now uh, raises concerns about technology is often labeled a a Luddite or a Neo-Luddite. But um, what is often not recognized is technology itself is not just a tool that we use, but it's something that 
shapes us.、Mm-hmm. That our use of it inherently changes us. Sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad, depending、mm-hmm. on the nature of the technology and how we interact with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the most obvious contemporary example is the smartphone.、Right? Yeah, it feels like easy pickings to go after the smartphone. Right, but I mean, and I'm not. I, I, this is not a rant on smartphones, but I mean, I have one. Yeah, I can、you、see it、one. right there. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, but. Isn't it interesting? I mean, really, smartphones have only been around for about fifteen years. Two thousand seven, the first iPhone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and I, but I would say they probably didn't become like really, really mainstream. Like most people having them, probably like ten years by now. Yeah, probably two thousand ten, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. That's probably right. Yeah. Where nowadays, if someone doesn't have a smartphone, don't you kind of think that's odd? Yes. Or. Why, or why not? Or you go, are you eighty? You know, you know, like like how old are you <laughs>、right. that you don't have a smartphone? Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, my father-in-law doesn't have one. He's eighty-six. Yeah, he、so、probably doesn't no, want one. See, yeah, he has no desire for one, no interest in him. But I mean, can anyone deny how that that smartphones have radically changed our lives? And and I would say in the last two or three years, and I'd be interested. I think they're becoming. Almost necessary. De- yeah, you can make the argument depending on certain, you know, maybe your job or other contexts.、Um, you know, necessary. That might be a strong word, but it's not far from it. I think depending on. And I, I think that's been enhanced by the by、uh, the pandemic.、Um, I know、uh, Andrew and I went to Florida, stayed in a hotel,、uh, and we pulled up to the hotel, and the hotel had contacted me ahead of time, download our app. Uh, you know, there wasn't a question of whether we had a smartphone. They were they weren't saying, "Hey, if you have a smartphone, there's an option." It was、yeah. download our app, right?、Um, and then I actually went to the room, and they said, "Stick your phone to the door, and it will unlock the door." Yeah, and that's crazy. I didn't even stop at the front desk. I just I just went right through. It's、yeah. becoming almost almost necessary. Yeah, but I mean, even just think about、um, how it's changed how we interact with、uh, other people, right?、Mm-hmm. You know, you think about. And I, I I see this. We both see this in our incoming students. I think in this generation that has just grown up with smartphones, they've just always been around. It's yeah, part of the, the normal.、Part. It's the default. And many of them probably got a smartphone late elementary, early junior high.、Mm-hmm. That's probably when a lot of kids end up getting them. We pushed our kids back later than that, which I'm grateful for. But.、Um, Even then, you know, they were sort of the oddballs who didn't have a, you know, who didn't have a smartphone in in junior high. But、um, I think it has radically affected this generation's ability to interact with other human beings in person. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I think some of them that are naturally geared toward that do better than some of the ones that maybe need to be pushed、mm-hmm. a, a little bit more. But yeah, I think for the most part, you're you're right. Yeah. So I think、um, that is one of those striking things that I think is helpful to think about in terms of technology is、um, recognize that the use of any technology has a shaping effect、mm-hmm. on the person who uses it. It changes us in some way,、mm-hmm. uh, whether for good or for bad. Sometimes, so、um, I mean, there's a lot we could talk about here, but I, I think 
I want to land on some key takeaways and then some resources before we. Yeah. Uh, one takeaway that I think of, uh, you out there listening to the podcast, you are the fact that you're listening to a podcast tells me that you're – and you're listening to our podcast uh, – tells me that you're probably pretty deep in technology potentially. I think that's a fair statement. Um, yeah. Much like myself. Uh, and I think, I think being wary of how much time we're spending, particularly on our phones or with things with screens. Uh, mm-hmm. And so trying to, to back off some of those things a little bit, spend more time reading, engaging with others and, and those sorts of things. Yeah. I think another thing um, to to be aware of is uh, even as Christians who intellectually hopefully have a biblical worldview, functionally we can buy into thinking of technology as having almost savior-like mm-hmm. characteristics. You know, but I mean, I mean, think about think about what think about what a smartphone allows you to do that that is almost godlike in some ways. Mm-hmm. You can, in some sense, be present in more than one place yeah. in some sense. You know, you can be yeah. physically in your home, but then FaceTiming someone who lives half a world away and you're in one sense present there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, or even just think about um, how it gives you just power, the ability to do things that human beings couldn't do. Uh, it's just a couple of taps of of, of of your phone screen. You know, I can I can get by in another country by using the Google Translate app. <laughs> you know, like I can say what yeah. I want to say, and and I've done this, translate yeah. it into Chinese, and show it to the person that I'm yeah talking I mean, to. Yeah, here's a here's a here's one that's near and dear to my heart. I worry that people whose primary engagement with Scripture is screen based rather than print based. Hmm. Are um, are missing out, or there's a danger there. Interesting, because I think that um, I mean, if your experience of scripture is largely, if not entirely, screen based, and it's on the same device that you're skimming social media or watching YouTube videos or watching Netflix or whatever, it just becomes one more of something that there's a lot of mm. versus a print Bible that is substantive and tangible and real and distinct from your Netflix, your Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. And so I think – I mean that, that comes into play in thinking about do we project scripture up on the screens when during, during the sermon? Yeah. Do we instead encourage people, please bring a copy of the scriptures with you. If you don't have one, we'd be happy to give you one. Mm-hmm. But even just that, like how we engage scripture, I think, differs. Like I was talking with one of my sons who was saying that um, if I just want to sort of have scripture getting into my life, I'll listen to it or maybe read it on my screen. But if I want to like stop and think and study and reflect, Mm -hmm. I read my print Bible. Hmm. So even he's recognizing different engagements of scripture based on what he wants to do. Do or what he wants to accomplish out of that. So, yeah. um, so all that to say, I think be re- be thoughtful uh, about our use of technology and uh, reflect on how your use of technology affects you. So those are some things. Now let's talk some resources, John. We've already mentioned the, uh, the book John. by John Dyer, "From the Garden to the City." 
We'll have links up for all these in the show notes. But what else? Uh, Tony Reinke. Is that how that's mm-hmm. pronounced? Reinke. Yep. Uh, 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You came out a few years ago. And then uh, also Tony, uh, Competing Spectacles, uh, Treasuring Christ in the Media Age. And he's got one coming out January of next year, God, Technology, and the Christian Life, which I'm sure that's going to be excellent. Yes. He's found a good niche there, uh, Tony. He's a good writer, good thinker. So – and also, uh, even if you just go onto the Gospel Coalition website, they have a whole section, uh, a topic area. Articles related to technology. Awesome. Both more specific things like live streaming or this versus just big picture reflecting on technology. So, mm-hmm. so in conclusion, join the Amish, you know? Exactly. We're going Amish. So, well, speaking of people who are not Amish, <laughs> let's find our athlete for episode oh 86. Yeah. So, uh, odd, odd enough, Slim Pickens here at, at 86. Surprisingly, I think. Yeah, uh, James Lofton. Uh, yeah, wide receiver for the for the Packers mostly. Packers, Raiders, Bills, and he didn't even necessarily wear eighty six in all those stops. So, um, and then uh, Heinz Ward. Yeah, uh, famed Steelers. Steelers legend, wide receiver, dirty player, according to you. No, 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 no. I said accused of being a dirty okay. player. Um, accused because he uh, was a was a pretty ferocious blocker and I think they, they added in some blind blindside blocking rules okay. um, as, as a wide receiver. Uh, and then Ohio State, Jake Ballard, tight end from 2006 to 2009, played probably four or five years in the NFL, Giants, Patriots, Cardinals. Who you got, John? I think, I think it's Hines. I think so. I think, you know, there's not much discussion there probably. I always thought it was fascinating. His name's Hines Ward. Uh, and he played at Heinz Field. Spelled uh, differently, though. Yes, yes, spelled very differently. Um, did you know – unless you go to a game at Heinz Field, you never know this. Uh, but did you know that at uh, at Heinz Field, when the Steelers enter the red zone, they have two giant ketchup bottles <laughs> that sit over the scoreboard. And when they go into the red zone, they tip over, act like they're pouring ketchup, and they have a graphic that fills up with ketchup on the scoreboard. I did not know that. It's pretty fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of ketchup money in that city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot Steel of, lot money, of, ketchup money. Yeah. And, and now banks and lawyers. All, yeah, that's all PNC that, is, is headquartered there, I think. Right? PNC. Well, it's just banks and law firms now. Very little steel now in, uh, in yeah. Pittsburgh. Uh, big shout out to Permani Brothers as well while we're on the topic of Pittsburgh. Have you ever had a Permani Brothers sandwich? No. Oh, my goodness. They put – so it was originally for the truckers who were, who were driving steel trucks. And they used to make these sandwiches. And because the truckers had to shift, they could only eat with one hand. Right. And so they would put everything on the sandwich. So you get the sandwich and then they would put coleslaw and French fries <laughs> on the sandwich. And you'd have to eat it with one hand as you're going, going down the road. OK. And you're not allowed to ask for a fork and knife. It's, it's, a, it's a faux pas in Ooh. the restaurant. OK. Well, there's your, there's your travel tip for yeah. heading, to, heading yeah. to Pittsburgh. Permani Brothers. There you go. There's one in downtown Indy, or there was. I can't remember if it's still there. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. One thing we liked. Uh, Yeah. So uh, my brother texts me yesterday at 6.36 a.m. My niece, first niece or nephew, uh, was born. So uh, my niece's name is Lillian Sloat. Okay. Lillian Sloat. Congrats to James and Nicolette. Yeah. Mother and child doing well, I assume? Yep. Yep. Yep, they're they're doing quite well. So okay. got to got to 
Skype with them yesterday or Zoom with them or really it was on Google Meet. But <laughs> whatever we're calling yeah, it. Yeah, whatever the verb is that you're supposed yeah. to use. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, I'm going to do this with, with a major caveat here. So my wife and I have enjoyed watching Ted Lasso. Now, here's the caveat. The, 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 the salty language is pervasive. And, um, you know, yeah, so just be aware if you're going to watch that. Yeah, prepare yourselves and not, not with uh, children. Yeah, 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 definitely not kids around. Um, you know, lots of fudge being offered hmm. throughout the show um, on a regular basis. So in any case, though, uh, this weekend we watched the most recent episode. And it's one of the best television episodes I've seen in a long time in terms of writing, humor, weaving together storylines. Um, it was, in essence, a sort of homage, a sort of uh, tribute to romantic comedies. And so they wove in famous lines from rom-coms huh. into the storyline and made it fit very nicely. So it was wow. excellent, excellent. Okay. So, uh, again, content warning, uh, listener, viewer discretion, strongly advised. Well, I think uh, we have covered our various and sundry topics today, John. We've talked sports. We've talked technology, using technology, ironically enough, to talk technology. Yeah, how meta is that? Yeah. Uh, we have discussed uh, ketchup money in the city of Pittsburgh. That's right. Yep. And uh, we've celebrated the arrival of your niece That's into right. the world. Yep. So I think... Um, ready to call mission accomplished? I think so, yeah. Okay. So by definition, we've covered our various and sundry topics. And so until next time, the Lord bless you all real good. Later. Later.